Unconventional advice would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, past, present and emerging. This podcast respects and acknowledges the Ningaloo's traditional owners, Yinikatira people and their predecessors who have lived here for the last 30,000 years and likely much longer. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This is Unconventional Advice with Ricky Farrelly, the podcast that helps you navigate your 20s and everything that life throws at you. It's real life university where we talk money, career, relationships, and all the crazy shit in between. Your 20s is a fucking wild time, and let's be honest, no one has a clue what they're doing. So, before we get into it, just a disclaimer, I'm not a professional, every topic discussed is purely based off my personal experience and opinions, and if you're really struggling or need some serious advice, please seek the help of a professional because that is definitely not me. Now, let's get into it. Before we get started today, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to Astoria Activewear for partnering with the pod. So Astoria Activewear is a lifestyle brand that always will bring you quality activewear to empower you to reach your goals. Guys, I'm not kidding. Every time I wear their activewear, I get so many compliments. I was walking with Philly the other day and I had two people ask me where I got my activewear from and he was like, what the hell is going on? So, you know, if you want a little bit of attention, if you want people to look at you and go, wow, you look super hot, definitely go and check out Astoria Activewear. They just have the cutest little sets. They've got a really cute cherry one, which is absolutely amazing. And you can wear it out to brunch. It's not just for exercise. And they also have some really great plain activewear, which has the best quality. So we're super lucky today to have an ongoing discount code, Unconventional Advice 15 at the checkout for 15% off. And I believe that you can also use that on top of the other promotions that they have running. So go and check out Astoria Activewear. The link will be in the bio and use the discount code Unconventional Advice 15 for 15% off. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Unconventional Advice. I'm so excited for this one. So I've got my friend Gabby on. I've only known her for a few months. We actually work together. We're both baristas at Bamboo in Exmouth and we just met and we kind of got to talking and she actually owns a few houses and I was like, wow, you are perfect for what I want on the podcast because I have wanted to talk about this for so long. Philly and I are kind of like in the process of wanting to buy a house. We've had a few meetings with the bank, but in saying that, we, you know, we're nowhere near it really. And we just, I honestly don't know too much. So I thought, why not get someone who actually knows how to do it and can give you some tips and tricks? Again, this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. This is just like some tips and tricks from somebody who knows and has done it before. So yeah, I'm so excited. Before that though, my tip of the week this week. This week, I think I've been feeling really, I don't know, I think comparison culture has really gotten to me. 
I feel like on social media, there's always people posting like their highlights and everything. So my tip of the week is just unfollow the people that make you feel shit about yourself. Unfollow like the influencers who you're super jealous of. Just, I don't know, there's so many people that I see and I follow sometimes and I'm like, they just make me feel shit. They make me feel really bad about myself and that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And honestly, the best thing that I've ever done is just unfollow those people. Even if you know them, you know, if they make you feel bad, just unfollow. It makes your life so much easier. You're not obligated to follow anyone. So just make your social media a really positive space and it'll make a big difference. So that's my tip this week. Yeah. And before we get into it, I just want to say again that this is not financial advice. Okay. Bye. Love you probably one of my greatest experiences in life. Perfect. Um, so I think it was maybe like five years ago. I don't know exactly, but we were traveling um, Central America and we we're in Guatemala and we got up at like 4 a.m. one morning or maybe even earlier to go and hike a active volcano. Oh, yeah. I know. So we like set off at like 3 or 4 a.m. and it was just completely like, vertical the whole time I think it was like 3,500 meters above sea level or something this hike it took us like six hours to get to the base camp and um when we got there we were just like absolutely pooped but directly across from us as well was another volcano that was just erupting in front of us oh my god lava and debris and everything going everywhere it was absolutely insane And then we put all our stuff down and then we just kept hiking all the way to the summit of the volcano. And it was the most surreal life experience I've ever had in my entire life. But walking up there was just like, we're walking right on the edge of this volcano and there was just debris and rocks and stuff flipping out from under us. And the drop was just like a sheer drop off the side of this volcano. That's so scary. Holy shit. It was insane. But these Guatemalan tour guides they would do it twice a day sometimes they would just like pretty much run up it and run down it and be down in like an hour it was like a six hour hike like oh my god actually insane but if anyone's ever traveling in central america highly highly recommend yeah i've even got a dodgy tattoo that is actually wild do you oh my god where i've got this dodgy tattoo on the back of my leg is that what is that where you got it of the volcano oh my god (laughs) i thought that was a tree (laughs) oh if anyone saw it they would not even recognize what the tattoo is but oh my god i got a tattoo to dedicate (laughs) this bloody volcano that we hiked Oh my um, god. Yeah, it was wild. That is actually so hectic. I know. Because like not to scare you or anything, but I did listen to this podcast where this chick was in New Zealand and the volcano erupted oh and god. she's got like she had all like these burns and everything and like oh. she survived. But like that's so scary because like at any moment it actually could erupt. Like that's fucking scary. I, I don't know if that. I would do that. I know. And now I think about it and like that and not long before that, I think it was like a few years before that. One of them actually did erupt and oh my God. like lava went down the volcano and into the town and killed like thousands of people. I don't quote me on that. Like I don't know the numbers, but yeah, it was like pretty horrific. And wow. here they are taking like hundreds of tourists up there. That's still so every day. scary. I know. Yeah, that is that's you never a think proper wild story. You though, right? Mm. That's like anything. Yeah. But then 
Yeah. That is crazy. No, that is a good part of the story because some of them are like, oh, it's got so drunk sometimes, but the, this is like, <laughs> this is proper wild. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> right. So let's just give a little bit of a background on who you are. Now that we've heard your wildest story, we can tell you a bit of a traveler. So yeah, what is your wildest story? I mean... <laughs> Oh my god. You want another one? <laughs> I mean, I've got a few. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're back on, guys. I've literally already spilled wine all over Gabby's floor, and now I just <laughs> asked her again what her wildest story was. I think I've had too She's much wine. To sabotage Okay, what I was actually going to ask you was give me a little bit of background on who you are before we get started. Okay, um, I guess I'm just like a, yeah average 29-year-old woman. I grew up in a really small little country town on the mid-north coast called Taree in Australia. And I grew up with three siblings and my mom and yeah. I don't know. I can't really tell you much about my childhood. I had a great childhood, but... It's um, good. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I am very much a Pisces, so I don't know if you're into star signs. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit selfish, though, like classic Aries, and I only know what Aries are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so Aries. I'm like, yeah, I only know what my own star sign does. I really care what you are, but here yeah. am I, Yes. Yeah. But I am very much a Pisces. I'm very imaginative. I'm a true romantic. Love romance. I'm pretty sensitive. Like, I am quite emotional and I feel like I just, like, bounce off people's energies. If someone's really negative or really upset or whatever, I just take that on and it just, like, affects me for the whole day. So, I'm very much Pisces. I love traveling. I would say that's Mm. my, like, passion. And that's, yeah. like, what I'm here to do, I, yeah. I guess. I know. Um, you've Every time you, like, tell a story, you're like, oh, when I was in Mexico, when I was here, and I was I'm like, how have you had time to go to that many countries? I like, know. you've literally travelled so much. Well, I guess I just didn't study. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to uni or anything. So yeah. that definitely gave me the opportunity to go travelling a lot. But, yeah, I just love travelling so much. And I think I've been travelling since I was, like, 19. I'm now 29. And I'm still moving about. Like, this is where I met Ricky in Exmouth. I only moved here, like, a couple of months ago. But I thought prior to this, I'm ready to settle down, buy a house, whatever. And then did all that and then got itchy feet. I think once you know that there's more out there, you just can't mm, stop. Yeah. So, yeah. Love traveling. I loved school a lot, but I wouldn't say I'm academic so I think that's why I didn't go on to like uni or anything like that um but yeah that's pretty much yeah and that's so cool though like I think it's I mean I've talked about it in the podcast I think with Alex where if you don't want to go to uni you shouldn't go to uni you know and go and do other things like unless you have like a burning desire to go you shouldn't go like there's no point and then yeah you get to do all this cool stuff like you've done the coolest shit ever and it's like like experiences that people who spent four years studying would probably not have at this yeah. age, you know? So it's 
very cool. It is. I actually had an epiphany the other day at work. And yeah. I was working at a cafe with Ricky at the moment. Yeah. In X now. In the best cafe, though. So. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> best crew. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I just had an epiphany on the toilet, and I was like, I honestly have had the best life. Mm. Like, I could not fold my life. So, I'm very grateful that I've had the opportunity to travel and stuff, but I'm also very glad that I didn't study because it just wasn't for me. I did go yeah. to uni, actually. Did you? Yeah. Only oh, for really? like three months. Yeah. <laughs> and I dropped out because it just, yeah. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, fuck this. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did Why that not? too. I went for like a year and I was like, nah, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look at us now. We're trying so many different things. Mm. Like this podcast is just taking off for you and you're traveling and, yeah, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it opens up a lot more opportunities. Yeah. Definitely. And in saying that, in saying that Gabby's been able to travel a lot, she's also been able to buy like multiple houses we can say like as of like last week yeah um yeah so when I met Gabby like she was like saying all these travels and wow that's so cool and then she's like oh yeah and I have this house and then she just bought another house and like how do you do it and like it's so cool because like I love all my friends but none of them have a house and so it's like I can't get any of my friends from you know the Gold Coast to go on because they don't have one but I'm like you have one and you are you've obviously done it in a really smart way where you've been able to travel and then you're also able to have a house and you know you're not an astronaut or anything you know like we just and I think that's what I want to talk about too because like you know I'm all about like just living and doing what you want to do and you don't have to like be a freaking astronaut to buy a house like you can literally just work in whatever job you want and if you're smart you can buy a house yeah and I feel like people think that once you buy a house you're stuck there yeah you know what I mean you have to stay there work nine to five pay off your debt I feel like it's I don't know where this idea has come from but Mm. yeah people just believe some people just believe that yeah you're just going to be so stuck and held down if you buy a house and get a mortgage and yeah I guess that's just not really true yeah no I I don't think it is either and like I think that's what's kind of stopped me maybe like a year ago from buying when I was like oh no I'm gonna stay there forever and like Mm. pay off this debt it's gonna be like 30 years but you actually can like still if you're smart about it you know you can you can definitely make it work so in saying that how old were you when you first bought your house I was 27 and I had to get Ricky to help me with the math here (laughs) um so it was the end of 2021 and I just have to say I think COVID definitely helped a lot number one I was really really lucky to be able to work all the way through COVID yeah um, through the lockdowns and stuff I never lost my job so that 100% helped out my ability to save for a house and also the fact that we just weren't able to travel so yeah just what I normally would do happily spend my money on that yeah but yeah it just definitely gave me the time to knuckle down and save so yeah yeah 27 so what's that a couple of years ago yeah ago. Yeah. yeah that's so good like yeah. I think I was looking up I think it's 43 but yeah the average Australian aged by house is like 43 now yeah. because of how expensive it is and how people just can't seem to manage their money these days as well so yeah that's amazing like that's I know 43 that's pretty wild 
Me neither. Yeah. I think people used to be able to buy them, like, houses were a lot more affordable back then, but now it's, like, literally, yeah, 43 years old, which yeah. is wild. Oh, that's wow. not saying that's old, and it's still awesome yeah. if you can buy a house then, but you would expect it to be a little bit lower. Totally. Yeah. So, well, in terms of... another thing to be grateful for, I guess. A hundred percent. Yeah, I know, literally. <laughs> oh, like, grateful, grateful, grateful for everything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's so good that you're able to do it. So how did you do it? How did you save for your first house? And yeah, what type of jobs have you had? Like just to put it into perspective for people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to have a freaking doctor job. I'm never going to be in that kind of field, but I'm still striving to own a house. So yeah, what type of jobs have you had and how did you manage to save even if you weren't earning like a billion dollars a week, you know? I think just before we bought, like when we got back from Canada, I got a job just in a cafe Yeah. during COVID and thankfully they stayed open just for takeaways. But I was literally just working in a cafe yeah. for a long time. But if you look at my, what's it called, the ATO or whatever, yeah. my um, income statements, I literally have like five jobs a year. Like yeah. I have five different sources of income. Like, yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of crossover periods, but initially I was working in a cafe, probably earning like 800 bucks a week. Like, yeah. I wouldn't say great. I like say in the hand? After yeah, tax. after tax. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I got a second job um, doing youth support, yeah. which is what I've done for like maybe seven years. And that's a better paying job, but I was doing both at once. And, you yeah. know, I worked really hard for a little while, like yeah. during COVID, because we couldn't do much else. So, I know. What yeah. else do you do? Maybe yeah. I make money. So you just kind of knuckled down. And then I went solely to youth support and started earning like pretty good money there i think what really helps as well is i have a partner yeah you know in this day and age if you're not buying with someone yeah so it makes it that much harder yeah unfortunately i know i think that's the reality one of my well one of my i'm lying one of my friends does have a house but he bought it in conjunction with his brother and his mum so like it's a it's such a cool achievement but realistically buying one by itself is really near impossible unless you have been saving forever yeah or you have help from your family yeah inheritance or Mm. you know like i mean it's not impossible i'm not saying anything's impossible because like you said we're not astronauts Mm. i've still bought a house and now my second property but even with the second one i've gone in with three other people yeah and it was a pretty cheap investment so that's what makes that possible but yeah I think um definitely having a partner with a good steady income Mm. helped for sure and it helped with the getting the finance approved yeah because if there's one person trying to apply for the finance on a casual cafe you know yeah yeah I would they wouldn't have even looked at me yeah I don't think so yeah I'm very grateful that I have a partner that works and Mm. was able to you know contribute but yeah um yeah I think that definitely helped us save we also like drew up a really really like in detail budget Mm. we calculated like every single bit of our outgoing so like we even included like you know Netflix all of our Apple subscriptions like every single like outgoing that you can think of yeah we like drew that up in our budget and we set up direct payments so yeah 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 that's very good 
yeah, just doing that can definitely help. Yeah, because I think like, I don't know, a lot of people kind of like lose track of their spending, you know, it's because I feel like sometimes you just get a paycheck and then all of a sudden you have like $50 and you're like, where the fuck did all my money go? Totally. And it's so good to have a look and yeah, I guess like have a look, see what you're you're spending money on. And the thing is, people don't even realize and I probably shouldn't say this because I'm going to ruin this, but one of my ex-partners, I <laughs> I still have the login to Netflix, right? Yeah, right. I have been getting free Netflix for Amazing. three and a half years now, four years. No and But they don't know because they just keep paying for it. They yeah. keep paying for Netflix. I don't even think they use it. So, guys, this is one tip. Yeah. How you can save for yeah. a house. <laughs> Use your ex's Netflix as long as possible. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, like okay. people just don't. You don't realize. Everything you don't know. Up. Everything adds up. It's like yeah. fifteen dollars here. You know, yeah. ten dollars here. Even like calculating. Oh, how much do I spend on buying a cup of coffee mm-hmm. every week? Like, totally. like collectively, that could be like thirty bucks. And then you go, fuck, that's actually a lot of money that we could be so putting really. towards a deposit. That's no? actually one of the things that I did. I was really? like, I'm buying coffee every morning. It's yeah. costing X amount. Yeah. I was like, how about I only buy coffee if I'm going out for breakfast or yeah. a coffee with a friend? Yeah. I was just going on my own to get a coffee yeah. instead of making one at home. Yeah. That just adds up like um, you wouldn't believe. So Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. tiny little things like that. Um, we just altered and, yeah, it to- every single thing adds up. I didn't realise how much I was spending until I dropped yeah. my budget. I was like, oh, I thought I had just had my rent Yeah, and whatever, Yeah, you know? You're like, oh, just like rent and food. And then you go, oh, actually, it's rent, it's food. It's when I went out to breakfast the other day. It's when I paid $50 for an Uber. It's when I paid $100 yeah, on drinks. Phone bill, yeah, like Netflix binge. Oh shit, I forgot to cancel that subscription to that app. Totally. Like, and then all of a sudden, that's all your money comes out. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, definitely like having a good in depth look at what your spendings are, Mm. trying to like pull it back or just like budgeting for it. Drawing up a really detailed budget is like super, super important. Yeah. Um, But in saying that, I never really like missed out on much. I would just like make sure that all my bills were paid. I would transfer myself like an allowance, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah. Like depending on who you are and what your earnings are. Yeah. But I would probably transfer myself $150 or $200. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if I didn't spend it all, that was just for like a top, going out for breakfast. If I didn't spend it all, I'll just chuck it in the savings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or if I like went over some weeks, I would just like pull it back the next yeah. week. Really? Know? In a little bit. Yeah. 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 So I'm not, I wasn't ever super strict. Yeah. Because um, you still have to have fun at the end of the day. And absolutely. I think that's a good thing, putting an allowance for yourself as well. Yeah. You know, because like, so you can be like, oh, I can actually still go and do this, yeah. but I just can't like go out to breakfast five times a week. You yeah, because I've only got a hundred. Which I would love to do. Which would be you. great, but you know, <laughs> yeah, can't afford that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that's how I saved. I was working really hard. Yeah, we weren't going out much because of COVID, mm. and just doing a really thorough budget, kind of looking at what your spendings are and what's like necessary. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just like filing it back. So yeah. what I guess in saying that, like, do you have any like? 
top tips, like something that you would say to someone if they asked, how did you save to buy a house? Is there any tips you'd like this for sure? Do this, cut this out, something like that. Yeah. I think for me personally is just start off with not having any debt. So if you're paying off a car, Mm. a phone, a laptop, a credit card, whatever it may be, dress hires, get them all paid off. Yeah. Pay them off if you can. Like, obviously, it might take some time. Yeah. Get rid of that shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because that's a... That can be like $400 a week for some people. Totally. Yeah. On top of rent, on top of food, on top of whatever. Or just like while you're saving for a house, you just have to compromise, you know? Mm. Like I would have loved a brand new car, but I wasn't going to go and get a finance for a brand new car and start paying $200 a week, you know? So my compromises were, one, I just bought a phone out, right? Mm. Paid $30 credit a month, cheap as chips, and I still had all the data I needed. Yeah. I had the crappiest little, I think it was like a $3,000 car that I just, you know, it got me from A to B. I didn't need anything special. It was kind of a piece of crap, but... Like my Corolla that I'm driving at the moment. (laughs) But But you know what? It works and it gets you to work. So that's all that matters. Exactly. And you're compromising. So then you can have the things that you want later down the track. Like you can Mm -hmm. buy a house and... Yeah. You know, once you have a house too, you can use the equity or refinance. Yeah. And buy yourself a brand new car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. an investment. So, mm. yeah, I think just like small compromises at the start is number one. Yeah. And number two, don't start off with debt and don't, yeah, don't go into debt while you're trying to save for a house. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, I think that's like, well, for example, Philly has the worst problem with like sports bet he is betting all the time so i feel like boys have like sports bet mm-hmm. and girls have like yeah like dress hires they want a new phone they want a new phone they want a new car and like i had a nice car i had like an almost twenty thousand dollar car but i sold it mm-hmm. and i bought a corolla yeah <laughs> and i'm like i'm literally in bar off i'm going backwards yeah i'm like in bar off to drive my corolla around <laughs> But, you know, in saying that, that is an extra, like, that's so much more money that you have to put towards a house. So I guess you kind of have to compromise. It's like, do I want a house or Mm -hmm. do I want to look rich Mm -hmm. and have a nice car? It's kind of like that compromise. And like, as you said, later on, you can buy a nice car. But for now, you just have to suck it up because it doesn't matter. You literally, what do you do? You drive to work, you drive to the gym and that's it. That's all you do. I am literally riding a mountain bike. Yeah. (laughs) That's your work yeah. every day in the pitch black. <laughs> yeah. I don't even own a car. Yeah, 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 literally. So, yeah, which is fine. Like that's... Yeah, and you don't need, because, I mean, I, I pick Gabby up my little Corolla every day, screw screw. Yeah. And, you know, that's all that, that's all that we need. Because yeah. it's a ride, girl. Exactly. And you know what? You've got two houses. Like, I would rather two houses over a nice car. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully one day the houses will make you money. The 100% are depreciating as soon as you get them. They so, do. Yeah. That's exactly. Just, that's just what I prioritise because a car doesn't really bother me that much. It no. Is, so it's a luxury. It's beautiful. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah, that's something that I'm like. I can go without that for a little while. Yeah, for another few years and yeah. then you can buy a nice car totally. once you've had a few investment properties. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This episode of Unconventional Advice is brought to you by Minimade. Minimade was founded on the love of polymer clay. 
All of their earrings are handmade slowly and in small batches to ensure the best quality. They believe that jewellery is more than just gold and silver. It's a way of self-expression and that comes in all shapes, sizes and colours. Polymer clay is the perfect medium to create something for everyone, as its only true limit is the maker's imagination. So whether you're looking for new earrings to go on a night out, date night or just to match your work outfit, there is everything possible and you can also get your own custom earrings. So thank you to Minimade. We have a discount code today for 10% off. It is unconventional 10 at the checkout for 10% off. That's unconventional 10 at the checkout for 10% off. The link is in our show notes. Thank you to Minimade for making this episode possible. Okay, so in saying that, what are the steps in buying a house? Philly and I have been looking into it and we went and saw a bank, but one of my clients, my PT clients, she bought a house and I was asking her all these questions and like, I think this is like the number one question because like, you don't go to school and they they don't teach you, you know, when you get older, here's how you buy a house. It's like, oh, like here's fucking Y equals MC squared. Like I've never used that in my whole life. It would be good to know how do you... Buy a house. What yeah. do you even do? So, like, know. once you've talked to your boyfriend or once you've talked to your family and you've gone, okay, I'm going to buy a house, what mm-hmm. is the next step? What do you do? Well, I think you raised some really good points with the, like, education system. There's yeah. definitely no guidance there. Also, I just want to touch base. Like, I grew up in a family that didn't have money. Yeah. My mum owned her house, but with a lot of help from family and stuff yeah. like that. Um, that we're living in. So she didn't own it. She was paying off mortgage. Yeah. But she never taught me anything about finance, which is mm. fine. She was busy raising kids, whatever. She didn't teach me anything about property, investing, anything like that. So where do you learn it? Like I know. You're just kind of thrown in the deep end and nobody tells you. No one tells yeah. you. So the first thing that I would say is just save your butt off. Like work yeah. hard, save as much money as you can. Yeah. After you think you've got a fair bit of savings, yeah. um, go and see a mortgage broker. Okay. What is a mortgage broker? So a mortgage broker is basically like a middleman okay. between you and the lenders. So a lender is like the bank. So they okay. will basically collect all your information. They will look at how much savings you have, mm-hmm. what your income is, if you're permanent part-time, casual, whatever, what other assets you have, all that kind of stuff, they will look at that and they will go to the lenders, the banks, and they will say, this person has this much money, they're looking at buying a house for X amount of dollars or whatever, are you happy to lend this person? So they're like a middleman. And they will try and, they will like shop around and try and find, I guess, the best deal for you. So interest rates wise, who will lend you money, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So they're like a middleman. You don't necessarily have to go through a mortgage broker. We actually didn't end up going through a mortgage broker with our first home. We spoke to one, but we ended up going directly to the bank. Okay. And just before you continue, does it cost money to go to a mortgage broker? I think it varies. I I don't actually know because we didn't end up going with her. Yeah. So we spoke to her and it didn't, it was free of charge. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, so you can still talk to one with her. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. I think maybe perhaps if they help you get the money from yeah. the bank or the lender or whatever. Yeah. I believe they will get some kind of commission okay. based payment. 
from the lender. Yeah. I'm not sure 100% if you have to pay them, but yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely worth going through a mortgage broker if yeah. you are starting from like absolutely no idea. Yeah. Because they yeah. will point you in the right direction. Yeah. And kind of help guide you through the processes. Yeah. Of that. So yeah, yeah. definitely um, getting a mortgage broker. I think you can just look them up online, like which yeah. mortgage broker in the area. Yeah. And just call one and see which one like suits you. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely would be easy. Yeah. Just like call them up or something. Yeah. The next step, I guess, would probably be, I don't know, it's different in every state. So our first house we bought in New South Wales. Yeah. And I guess like the processes are very different to now buying in WA. For example, like we made an offer and we put down a deposit in WA. Yeah. But the deposit didn't have to be, it only had to be $5,000, no matter what price house you were buying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in New South Wales, it had to be 10% upfront. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, so okay. It's different everywhere. I guess it um, does vary, yeah. Yeah. Which is annoying. Another step would be once you've gone to the mortgage broker, they will obviously reach out to lenders yeah. to see where you can borrow and you would get pre-approval then. So you okay. would tell them, I guess, what house you're looking at buying. Yeah. So if you find one online or whatever, be like, we're looking at a house like this yeah. in this price range. Yeah. They will then go and give you pre-approval for how much you can borrow based on your earnings. So when we went to a mortgage broker and we first got our pre-approval, I guess you would say, or how much we could borrow. I think it was like one, like one million dollars. Oh my was god! What we could borrow Fuck, that's because a lot. Of the interest rates at the time were so low. Oh wow! And we were earning quite good money. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. I'm like. Fuck, that would be amazing. Oh my like, god, a million dollar house. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. But just because you can borrow that much mm. does not mean you should. You know? Yeah. So we were looking yeah. at houses around six hundred to six fifty thousand. Yeah. And yeah. um that gave us a lot of leeway to be able to still travel. Yeah. You know what I mean? While paying off a mortgage. Yeah. And also in case interest rates went up which they have. Yeah, oh, so, so much. And I think that's a good point is, so Philly and I, we went to the bank, we didn't go to a mortgage broker, and they said we can borrow up to 700000 mm. But, and I called my grandma, and she was like, don't borrow to the full amount, yeah. because otherwise that's going to be all your savings. Okay. Everything you have is going to be in that house. So it's better to borrow lower, yeah. and then you can, yeah, still go on holiday, mm-hmm. still go and do whatever you want without, like, literally sitting in the house, not being able to afford any furniture or anything. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's why people do get stuck. Yeah. You know, working there Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, no yeah. flexibility to travel or change jobs or whatever. Yeah. Because maybe they borrow their capacity. I don't know. I'm not like an expert on this or whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And my boyfriend did do a lot of the consulting and whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I think maybe people do borrow to their capacity and that's why they feel like they're yeah. stuck. Yeah, know. yeah. So. I think that is a really good point though. Yeah, do not 
well, try not to borrow as much as they say yeah. you can because, no. yeah, you'd pref- I guess you would prefer to have more leeway. So, yeah. Yeah, so once you've gone to the bank and or the mortgage broker and you've said, this is the house I want, like, mm-hmm. what is the process? And also, yeah, like, what are the costs mm-hmm. that are included in actually buying a house before you mm-hmm. even buy it? So, basically, in New South Wales, I'll just go off the Yeah, we'll go off New South Wales, yeah. We have to have... 20% deposit yeah. for the total amount of the house. Otherwise, if we didn't, we'd have to get something that's called LMI, Lenders yeah. Mortgage Insurance, yeah. which can cost quite a lot. So that's mm. basically someone, I guess, a company, guarantoring the money that you can't provide up front yeah. you know, for your deposit. Yeah. So I'm not sure of the cost of that because we didn't end up paying that. We had yeah. a 20% deposit, Yeah. thankfully. But, yeah, that is a cost up front is having the 20% deposit. Mm. Um, we also, once we made an offer on the house, we paid a 10% deposit to, I guess, the real estate holds it. Oh, okay. Or the, the owner of the house yeah. will hold it. Not yeah. the owner, but the real estate holds it for them Yeah. to say that, we're legit about buying this house. Yeah. And then I think if anything goes wrong, I don't actually know if they keep it or not. But, yeah, we just had to pay 10% deposit, yeah. basically. So you're like, yeah, we want to pay this. Yeah. Yeah. Another cost would be... Before, actually, before we go, I not that I know much about it, but I'm just from a Queensland perspective. Mm. When we did go and see the bank... I'd never heard of LMI before mm. and not not many people do obviously yeah. because like they don't even teach it in mm-hmm. school but every state has like a minimum so like there is the I think it's Australia wide is the 5% house deposit scheme so you can buy a mm-hmm. house on 5% but it also has a maximum of the house so like for example if it, the house is 450,000 you won't have to pay LMI and you can pay 5%. But some places it's like, depending on the house, if it's over like 450, then you do have to pay LMI. And LMI is really fucking expensive. So we were actually looking about buying in Exmouth as well. Mm -hmm. And because it was rural, it was only 450,000. So anything Mm -hmm. more than that, we had to pay Mm -hmm. LMI on. Mm -hmm. And of course, these days you can't find anything under 450,000, pretty much. So we looked up how much the LMI would cost and the Mm -hmm. bank told us, and it was like $19,000 which is unbelievable like if we were to just buy like a normal six hundred thousand dollar house yeah so i think that's another cost which like i was shocked Mm -hmm. at it was like you know you go oh yeah i've got the five percent deposit which for most people they can only pay five percent but then you go oh okay you have to look at the state's minimum Mm -hmm. because you might be having to pay an extra 19 20,000 even more on top of your house deposit which is a lot of money that is that's a that's people's five percent yeah and then you have to save double to even just pay the insurance which is unbelievable totally yeah yeah that is such a good point but you're right like in the area that we bought in the i think it changed like because we're looking at first home buyers and you did only need five percent yeah and i guess the government had these grants where they would cover the rest for you you didn't have to get yeah lmi i believe yeah but it was only if you bought under that price range yeah so i think at the time it was like six six hundred and fifty or something yeah but because of the price rise in housing 
it went up to like $950,000 in Newcastle wow. before they make you pay. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Like just because the housing prices were just like, yeah, that's what the average, I guess, was for the area. So that's crazy. Yeah. Just look into that when you're looking at buying what yeah. the area is. Depending on the state too. Mm. Cause like in Queensland, which if we bought in Queensland, we probably could have. It was 650 yeah. at the time that we were looking. And then, yeah, WA, like rural, because we live rural, it was 450 yeah. So we were like, fuck, like yeah. that's ridiculous. Like literally just depending on the state. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it changes. Yeah, all the time. All the time. They yeah. always change stuff. So I think, yeah. yeah, having like a little bit of knowledge on that because yeah. like you could be like, oh my God, yep, I've saved up the deposit. Yeah. We can pay for it. And then you go to the bank and then they're like, oh yeah, here's yeah. like a $20,000 bill that you have to pay like yeah. right now. And yeah. you're like, well, fuck it. Totally. Money. <laughs> you might think, oh, I've saved 5% deposit for this million dollar house. I'll be yeah. able to get it. And the government will loan me the rest, I guess, or go guarantor. Yeah. But no. No. You can only buy a $650,000 house for them to guarantor you. Otherwise, you have to pay the full 20% deposit yeah. of the million-dollar house that you want. Yeah, it so, is wild. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's a lot to consider. And I guess yeah. that is why you would go and see a mortgage broker because they can yeah, like break down the price and be like, totally. this is what you have to consider yeah. before you even... like. We probably won't buy for another like six months and we went and saw a mortgage broker six months ago. So I feel like oh. even seeing one a year, two years before, just so you that you know what to do. 100%. Even before you start saving, if you want to, just to get an idea. Yeah. Yeah, the process. Yeah. And what you need. Because nobody fucking knows what to do. Yeah. Like you go, oh, I want to buy a house, but like, what the fuck do you yeah. do? <laughs> so first point of call, go and speak to a professional. Yeah, you definitely. Know? You can speak to friends, and I did, and everyone has different opinions and different mm. ways that they went about it and whatever. Yeah. Just go and see a professional. Mm. Um, mortgage brokers, well, the one that we saw didn't cost anything. Yeah. It was free to talk to her. Yeah. And see what the steps were. So Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Definitely look into that. So when you're buying a house, you'll also need to get a conveyancer, which is like okay. a solicitor. And yeah. they will basically go over the contracts of the house. So okay. when you're buying a house, you put an offer in, whatever, and you'll say, I guess, pending pest or building or whatever. Yeah. They will go over all of the reports for you. And they will also go over the contract of the house. So some people can sell a house and say in their contract, all of the empty paint cans in the garage, I'm leaving them, they come with the house. You know oh what I mean? God, yeah. For example, like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. All or, the furniture that I've left in there, yeah, you have to totally. get rid of Or that. I'm going to take every ceiling fan in the house and that's, and that's in the contract. So <laughs> yeah. you don't read over it. Yeah. Who wants to read over a contract? No. So you pay a conveyancer, okay. basically, that's another fee, wow, to okay. go over all of your contracts and negotiate and they're another middleman for you. So that is yep. a fee, but you don't have to pay them until you start paying off your house. Oh, okay. So it comes out of your... Of your mortgage. Yeah. Oh, per- okay, cool. Yeah. That's good. So you don't yeah. have to pay them up front, which is okay. really good. That's really good. Um, but yeah, that's just another cost to consider because... Wow. I can't remember the exact price of that, but it's definitely a couple of yeah. hundred or a thousand dollars. Yeah. Or like that. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, 
that's another cost and that's also another step is to yeah source a conveyancer in the area yeah. that will read over your contracts and whatever yeah that's really good i had no idea about that actually so, yeah yeah that's, that's yeah. interesting and then after that after you've paid your deposit and whatever um you'll sign the contract and you'll go into settlement so settlement depending on the contract and depending on the state and whatever will usually be like i don't know like eight weeks or something like that yeah until you can officially move in and you start paying your mortgage wow yeah yeah that's crazy yeah Yeah. that's a long time yeah i think people assume you know how they they have all those bidding things and it's like oh yep and then i think people just assume that like the next day you're like paying for the mortgage yeah Yeah. so you've got like eight weeks for your finance all to come through and yeah yeah everything to be settled i guess yeah settlement so yeah and then after that after the settlement date you move in you start paying off your debt crazy unless you've got all the money for the house yeah yeah no one in their 20s i don't think no will have i don't think anyone has that unless you live with your parents yeah (laughs) (laughs) which like god forbid i would die if i still live with my parents oh my god (laughs) love you but no Wow, yeah, that's actually, I'm so glad you, like, went through that because even, like, I have no idea about some yeah. of those things and it's just wild because you go, yeah, I think people just tell you, save up for a deposit, save up for a deposit, but it's, like, there's literally so, yeah, and yeah. then what? And then there's so many different costs, too, that you can't, yeah. you know, you might have the deposit, but you wouldn't be able to pay for anything mm-hmm. else. So, yeah, that is, yeah. yeah, so good that you went through that. I just wanted to touch base on one more thing yeah of um, course if you are going to an auction for a house and you pay yeah. for deposit if you can't come up with the funds it's within new south wales okay if you can't if your lender doesn't approve the whole amount of the loan within 10 days of you bidding they keep the 10 percent <gasps> that you put Stop. down yeah oh my god yeah so probably a safer bet not to go to auction yeah for your first house unless you have other assets that you can quickly sell or whatever or take from oh my god yeah. that's crazy that's like a over a hundred grand most of the time totally can you yeah. imagine oh, that's fucked i know so yeah. probably well this is just some advice that i was given but probably don't do an auction no oh my god no yeah I, if I lost our money, I would, I would just want to die. That is, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. actually fucked. Yeah, wow, that is a very good point. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Okay, so I guess another thing that you love to do is go on holidays. So, yeah, yeah how do you manage to go on holidays? And I, I think that's something that does put a lot of people off buying a house mm. is like okay that's it like you settle down you you have a mortgage that's it you can't do anything you can't go out to breakfast you can't buy coffee mm. that's it you're done yeah like how again i guess one of those things is not borrowing up to that full amount mm-hmm. but yeah how do you guys still manage to go on holidays is the is there ways that you like save and are mm-hmm. able to save while you're still paying off that mortgage mm-hmm. so i guess my biggest thing is like I have done a lot of traveling, but most of the time I've traveled, it's been a working holiday. I've gone to the destination and I've still worked pretty much full time at most of the places that I've lived in. Yeah. Which you get the best of both worlds. You're earning money. You're still paying off your mortgage or whatever. Yeah. And, and you get to meet people you get too. to experience this new destination and yeah you know so i think that's my like biggest takeaway from that is you can still travel but try and find some kind of 
source of income yeah. you know if i were to in january when i moved here if i were to just pack up and do a full loop of australia for two years mm. no way yeah i could do that yeah you know like yeah because we have tenants in our house at the moment but because of the cost of living like they're not even they're not covering our mortgage so we yeah. still have to contribute to that yeah and then on top of that, if you're traveling, like we're paying rent here, you know, it yeah. all adds up. There's so. heaps, and you still have to pay for your phone bill, and you still have to pay yeah. for food every week. And yeah, so yeah. if you can find some, even if it's a small source of income that'll help yeah. you out while you're traveling and doing the things you love, mm. then that definitely helps. But yeah, I think that would be my number one tip. Yeah. Because that's something that I've yeah. done. I think yeah. that's, like, a good point. And even, yeah, like, either working, because then you do, yeah, as you said, you get to experience everything, or even just, like, going to cheap countries. Like, yeah. you know, we booked Bali, and it's only, like, a few, like, a grand or whatever. Yeah. But when we went to Europe, we spent, like, 15 grand each, yeah. you know, and it's, like, that there is a house deposit. So, yeah. you know, and I'm still, I don't regret going to Europe. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But you can still go on holiday. Just go to Thailand. Go cheaply. to Bali. Yeah, go yeah. to the cheap countries and totally. do it cheaply. And actually, they've actually been some the of my favourite yeah. destinations. So, yeah. like, just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's, like, any less of an experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's such a good point. Definitely. Yeah. Just yeah, you you can still do it, but I guess you just have to do it smart if you are determined yeah. to buy a house. So as you said, you have tenants. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between renting it out mm-hmm. and living in it? Like, do you get to claim a lot on tax, and do you hire a real estate agent? Mm-hmm. What like what's the process? I'm not too sure about the tax. Um, yeah part of it yeah because this is our first year so I guess come yeah. end of financial year I'm going to learn a lot about that yeah um but I believe you can if it's down as an investment property um and you're paying excess on top of whatever the tenants are paying for your mortgage so for example our mortgage repayments are around $650 a week yeah and our tenants cover of it. Yeah. So we are still paying the remainder. Yeah. So that, I believe, is what we can claim back on tax. Oh, okay. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. So I'll learn a lot more about it at the end of financial year. Yeah. I believe that is how it works. Yeah. um, Because it's an investment property. Yeah. And yeah, so moving back to a real estate agent, I think the fees were like 7.7%. Okay. Or something. But of they, your total rent? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So I think we were getting $670 a week rent. Yeah. But then after fees yeah. and stuff like that. And also we included lawn care, which is about $50 or $60 a, a week or a fortnight. Yeah. After those fees, then we got $590 from our tenants. So yeah. Yeah, they do cost a little bit, but you have the security of, you know, someone going and doing inspections. Yeah. You know, following up, organising lawn care and stuff like that. So we just thought it was such a safer bet, you know, to get a real estate agent to um, manage the property while we're away. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, I I kind of thought, you know, if we do get a property, like, and rent it out, like, would I just manage it myself? But honestly, like, Mm -hmm. people can fuck you around, like, realistically. like, And they could stay in their house. You know, you see all those stories about people, like, squatting in houses, even though they're not 
like they're not paying for it, but they can't, the tenants can't, totally. they can't be kicked out. And I think it's just as much safer bet to go with the real totally, estate. Because they've signed a contract and yeah. it's all legal. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely, despite the fees, it's definitely yeah. the way to go. And that's, yeah. that could literally look like the real estate fees every week. That could just be you not getting a coffee every day exactly. and just buying and just getting one from home, you know, like, and then you have the security of that. So yeah. I guess it does, again, all come down to like priorities right. and compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is the last question. So you did mention that you bought a second property, you mm-hmm. bought it with your friends. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips? about buying with your friends and family Mm -hmm. like is there any legal contracts you would recommend Mm -hmm. because I mean I love all of my friends but there's been times where I've been absolutely fucked over by people who I thought were my best friends yeah and everything like that so is there anything you would recommend Mm -hmm. when you do buy with friends family boyfriends Mm -hmm. even I mean I've talked to Philly about it if we bought a house we are going to get a legal contract signed and saying how much we put in because if I put in more or if he puts in more Mm -hmm. I think it is important to have like some kind of thing so that you are protected because at the end of the day you never know what's going to happen totally and so many people have said to me over the years never go into business with friends yeah never live with friends which i do and i love but i guess everyone's different yeah and never go like never loan your friends money yeah what i've been told as well because you know there's no real obligation sometimes for them to like pay you back on time yeah so yeah i think that's a great question I think you can obviously like go and see a solicitor, get some contracts drawn up and yeah. say, this is my share. This is your share. Yeah. If something were to happen, you know. Yeah. You just go see a solicitor. It's a good but, point. Yeah, yeah. For our scenario, because we're buying, my partner and I are buying with our two best friends. Yeah. That we're living with in Exmouth. Although I know that we're going to be friends for life. You know, you just never just know never what's going to happen. Yeah. They could break up. We could break up. You know, yeah. it could end sour, whatever it may be. So for this scenario, we've actually opened a trust, which is like a business. Yeah. And so we're all directors of this trust and this business, and we all have equal shares in it. So we all contribute the same amount into it. Yeah. And everything is through contracts. Yeah. We all have to sign if something is changed in the contract yeah everyone has to sign so one person can't just make a decision or be like i'm gonna actually own 50 percent of this you know yeah yeah and go behind someone's back yeah Yeah. you need everyone's signature yeah to make changes like that yeah also if one of us say a couple breaks up one of us wants to leave and they don't want to be part of the investment anymore yeah there's just their 25 percent that has to be bought out equally or whatever And another really great thing about opening a trust is that if someone were to leave and you buy their share, you don't have to pay stamp duty. Yeah. Which is really expensive. That's another cost we yeah. didn't mention before. Yeah. Stamp duty. When you buy a house, you have to pay stamp duty. Yeah. Duty. And then when you sell it, that. Yeah. 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 So that's another thing. If you go through a trust, you don't have to buy stamp duty because it's within the trust you're selling and buying whatever. Yeah. But if one and I, for example, our house in Newcastle, that's my partner. If we broke up and I bought his share, I'd have to pay stamp duty mm-hmm. like thousands yeah. of dollars. So much money. To buy him yeah. out of that. Yeah. So, it's almost not even worth it. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's a really great way to do it is to open a trust. 
And you just speak to a financial advisor about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think like, and you know, in this current financial thing, as we said, it's really hard to buy a house on your own. You're most probably going to have to buy it with your best friend or your Mm -hmm. friends or Mm -hmm. your boyfriend or your mom or your Mm -hmm. dad or something. So yeah, I think, yeah, having those legal contracts in place is like really important. And it sucks to think about Like, you know, obviously you don't want to break up and you don't want to not be friends with your friends, but you never know what's going to happen. So we're realists. But you gotta be, and you gotta be too, you like, be real. especially and you gotta your ass. So, a hundred percent. I worked very yeah. hard for my share, and yeah, Gordon and I went equally half in it. Yeah, so everything we pay is equally half, and he yeah. earns way more than me, and that's fine. But I work my ass off. Yeah, for what I've got. So you, you know? want your money? Yeah, hundred so, percent. Yeah. So I think that's totally fine if you want to get something written up and yeah. 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 And if you are thinking about going and getting a house and somebody says they don't want to do a contract, I probably wouldn't get it because obviously there's something going on there. Like if they're like, oh, I don't really want to do a contract, I'd be like, no. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Because even before we went and saw the bank, I said to Philly, I said, I want a contract, you know, just in case something happens. But if if he said no, I'd be like, no, don't want to buy a house because you have to, I don't know. You've got that little bit of. You've got to have that legal thing in there and if they don't want the legal thing then fuck yeah <laughs> yeah why is that yeah yeah shady <laughs> literally but yeah i'm like all for it like you gotta do things to cover everyone's ass yeah you know what i mean like yeah all four of us could have just bought it and mick and i one of our friends who we bought with he is full-time i'm permanent part-time so that looks great for the lenders yeah my partner and his partner they're casual so mm. they've said oh we could just take them off and whatever you know and then imagine if it was just in mick and i's name i know we'd have every like yeah you'd you know, be able to do everything totally yeah that's just ours then you know no, yeah. no contracts or anything so going through the trust has just like made it really secure for everyone that's a really good idea and i'm so yeah. glad you brought that up so yeah. that people do know that that is an option if yeah. they do want to buy with their friends or their family yeah for example yeah yeah and also another thing is yeah if you default for whatever reason and yeah. you're in a trust what the banks or the lender or whatever what they will go for like your assets is what the business has not yeah. what you personally have so oh, not your personal assets that's, so that's so not good. a really good way to think about it so if we all just went in just on our own with our own names or yeah. whatever if something were to happen we couldn't repay it they would go for our house that we own in Newcastle wow. yeah you know what I mean yeah but because it's within the trust it's not under a person's name they would just go for what the business has and our business, we've just started it. Yeah, you like, got nothing. Yeah. yeah, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it's yeah. a really smart way of doing it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add before you go? No, I think um yeah, just talk to people. Hey, yeah. like if you're if you're considering buying a house, just go and like talk to as many people as possible. Talk yeah. to financial advisors, talk to a mortgage broker, talk to friends and family. Like I could have spoken to my mum about it. She may yeah. not have known much, but yeah. you know, just get the ball rolling and yeah. get as much information as you can. Yeah. And save hard. Yeah. <laughs> save hard. Yeah, but do the things you love still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely keep enough leeway to do the things you love. To go travelling and, yeah, do what you yeah, love, but also save your ass off. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> gone for kindness before they erupt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. This That's has been okay. so good, and I'm sure everyone is going to actually learn so much because I even learned so much. Oh, so, well, thank you for so having good. me. That's okay. Thank you for coming on. It's actually been so helpful, and yeah. Oh, I'm glad. So I'm good. I'm sport. <laughs> export. I am no export. I'm no export. <laughs> I'm no expert. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely nice to um give my advice, I guess. Yeah. Well, as much as I can. The roughest advice. That's why it's called <laughs> unconventional <laughs> advice because it's like totally. should I'm be called rough advice. Everyone's probably gonna listen to this and be like, "Bro, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what you're talking about?" But. I've got two houses, so... Yeah, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> you can only judge if you own three houses. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. Okay. Thank you.